Welcome to the Free Parking Show with your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. Alright, welcome to the Free Parking Show. It's Tuesday night and that means it's time for beers and cheers. Me and Amos Conway are on the air giving you the latest news uh, from all around the world of sports and we we do that while we drink. Uh, If you want to text into the show tonight, we'd love to hear from you at 740-206-8850. Send us in a text. if you want to have your na- your first name in the text so we can read off your first name, uh, go ahead and do that. If not, you don't have to, but if you want your name read on air, uh, whenever you want to text in, that's fine. We'd love to hear from you guys tonight on all the stuff that we're talking about. Um, before we start, just how we start every show, me and Amos like to tell you what kind of beers or, or beverages we're taking part uh, in tonight. So, Amos, what are you drinking tonight? I'm actually doing the uh, Super Bowl special leftover, which is a combination of Miller Lite, Bud Light, and some Lion Kugel. Ooh, I am actually also drinking Lion Kugel tonight. It's a good beer. So great minds thinking alike tonight. That's right. I mean, you took my entire everything I was going to say from yesterday, so we might as well keep it rolling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you guys listened to yesterday's show, right after we got off, Amos was like, man, it's like you were in my brain. (laughs) Everything that I said was exactly what Amos had written down or prepared for the show. Um, I understand that you wanted to do a quick shout-out before we get into the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if anyone out there, I personally, I don't watch it too much, but uh, Truth TV has a series called South Beach Toe, and I don't know if any, anybody out there is familiar with it, but Bernice from it was named Miami Jackson High School uh, head football fo- coach uh, on Monday, and it's the first time in Florida history that they've had a female head coach for football. And just want to give a big uh, congratulations and a shout-out, and really uh, kind of a obviously we're moving in the right direction with trying to get, you know, more women involved in uh, the big major four sports. So, yeah, congratulations, and I hope she uh, does nothing but succeed. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a huge, uh, big first step, you know, being a head coach, uh, you know, of, of a big team like that. A very big step for, for women in the sports uh, and coaching. You know, this year we saw the first uh, female coach ever, and now the first uh, full-time female coach uh pretty neat that you know they're starting to get in break the you know the glass ceiling in the football world absolutely i agree i it's it's great it really is it's something that probably should have needs happen uh the success like obviously it's with anybody it's just going to take knowing the game and you know under having to be a understand the players and stuff and if you know she can do that she's going to be successful and she may even kind of move up the ladder Yeah, no, exactly. I completely agree with you there, and uh, congratulations to her. Um, next thing we're going to get into here, uh, everybody I think watched the Super Bowl. Uh, Denver Broncos ended up winning 24-10. to 10. Uh, I think you'd have to live under a rock right now not to know that. Um, but then after Cam Newton goes to his press conference after the game, uh, doesn't stay for very long, answers a few questions, um, and you can tell he does so begrudgingly and then walks out, which caused a big stir 
uh, within the NFL and uh, you know the media, and and then today came out and said that he's a sore loser. Uh, you know, kind of defending himself, saying he's a sore loser. He knows that he's a sore loser, and that's why he did it. What, what do you think of this, Amos? Well, okay, the that doesn't bother me. How the entire quote went was. I'm a sore loser. I don't like to lose. You show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. So I'm cool with, like, three-fourths of that. All right, that's understandable. Some people are sore losers, and the fact that he's actually man enough to come out to admit and be like, yes, I'm a sore loser. I don't like to lose. I couldn't really have any more respect for him to be able to do that and to admit that. But at the same time, like, show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. There are multiple you know, quarterbacks out there who have lost Super Bowls and been extremely professional at the end. It's not something I'm sure there's, they talk behind closed doors and stuff, but it's something publicly that they hide because they understand that the franchise, you know, the face of the franchise are, they're the leader of that team and stuff. And Tom Brady's lost two Manning's or Peyton's lost two John Elway lost three. I just, it does. It bothers me a little bit because I think had he ended that like three, four through, like I said, I, I probably wouldn't even be upset about it at all because I, I don't know. It just, it does. It irritates me because that entire game, Cam Newton, I thought he looked like he never got off the practice field. He just went in that game thinking he was wearing that red Jersey and he just, he didn't seem prepared and to come out and make those comments the way he did. I just, I find it to be a little unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, that's. I didn't think it was that big of a deal uh, as much as people made it originally before the comments were made. Everybody acted like it was, it was a huge deal that he said, um, or that he, you know, he was obviously upset. He, he um, obviously upset after the game. Um, didn't stay for very long and walked out. And a lot of people got uh, up in arms about it, but it sucks to lose. I mean, yeah, I was just like, man, it's not fun losing. Losing's awful. I'm. And and it's tough. It's the toughest thing you can do in football. The toughest thing he's ever gone through in his career, uh, you know, is playing as well as his team has played the whole way, and then losing like that. And I think I said that last night on the show. Um, so you know, I didn't I didn't think that he deserves kind of all the flack that he got for that. But then to come out and add the sore loser thing, uh, that I'm a sore loser, you know, and uh, find me a good loser, and I'll show you loser. That yeah, that comment was just. You know, it's I. You know, that I think definitely took it a little too far. I was gonna add that in. Um, looks like you're reading my mind tonight, uh, <laughs> going the other way now. But I, you know, that is, I thought that that was pretty. And then that, you know, he says if he and offends anyone, that's cool. Which I kind of like that he says that uh, because it's he's, um, you know, he he has an attitude. Like if if you don't like the way this is the way I am, if you don't like it, deal with it. Uh, we got a text real quick, not to get too far off track, uh, but it was actually from Rich because none of the guys have heard the new intro. I'm sure everybody heard today. If you've been listening to the show, we got a brand new intro. Uh, and Rich, you know, one fourth of the show says, uh, love the new inf- intro. And he reminded me to tell you, I'm going to wait on this a little bit. Uh, but we have very big news that I'm going to tell you, uh, guys, later in the show. Huge news, um, for Thursday night, uh, so stay tuned. We'll talk about it later. But staying on with the Cam Newton thing, I kind of like that part, though. Where he's just like, yeah, if I offend anyone, I, I, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm the same way. That part doesn't bother me. The only repercussion, repercussions I see coming from that is on the field when 
you know, next year, I'm not, I don't know if they're going to do another 15 one season. I don't know if he's going to have another combined 50 touchdowns. But next year, if he starts dropping back and people start lighting him up in the pocket, and then, you know, the, he starts looking for flags and stuff, I can just defensive players being like, hey, man, they don't care. You don't care. Why would they? You know what I mean? Like, I understand two completely different situations of what we're talking about. But that I think that's something that will carry over because these NFL players they they're all gonna they're gonna know what Cam said and I I'm yeah I'm happy with it he's 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 his own man he really is and I have nothing but respect for that the fact that he's not going to sit there and just constantly be what we expect every quarterback to do every time or every uh, high profile player. I, I don't expect everyone to go up there and be like, oh, yeah, no, they, they played great. They had a better game plan than us and blah, blah, blah. Because, I, yeah, I, I cannot even fathom having that kind of season and then dropping it in the Super Bowl. It's got to be heartbreaking. And the comments, I think that he just needs to uh, – I know he's his own man. I respect that, obviously. First Amendment rights. And I just – I think he needs to just kind of maybe step back and – before he speaks kind of reconsider the way he maybe words things as far as like you know the show me a good loser thing and i'll show you a loser like that i if you want to focus on yourself and say something that's fine but don't bring other people into it uh like indirectly yeah that's yeah you i mean he did indirectly uh you know bring people and i I agree exactly with what you said i don't think it's a big deal that he walked out i don't think it's a big deal that he was upset, uh, you know. I kind of like that in him. It shows that he, you know, that he really wanted this. Uh, you know that he was had an emotions tied um, to winning that game. I like that. I, I think as a Carolina fan, if you were, you know, Carolina fans out there, that's what you want to see. You want to see him really unsatisfied that they lost that game. Um, and I did think that he took his comment like a little too far, but. You know, people complain about you see these guys, that, especially so many quarterbacks and, and coaches in the league especially, uh, but a lot of guys in the NFL do it, where they have these interviews where they don't say anything. You know, they, they'll talk a lot, uh, but they're not saying anything. Uh, just un, unuseful sound bites like, oh, well, we really got to try harder. You know, it's just like it's just – and then the football um, generalities and, and – uh, and sayings that you know you always hear uh but cam newton actually says what's on his mind and then people want to hate on him for that uh because he's he doesn't fit into what they think uh a quarterback should be but i kind of like that you know you look at uh russell wilson and he's a guy that just kind of feeds you exactly what you what the media wants to hear what the people want to hear and he just seems like a robot up there where cam newton's like here's my personality like if you don't like it, deal with it. Uh, I mean, he even said that in his interview. He's just like, you know, this might be controversial, but that's cool. <laughs> you know, he's he is exactly who he says he is and who how he portrays himself. Um, you know, and I, I kind of like that. I like the honesty behind that. Uh, but um, you know, I I definitely think that he took a little bit too much flack for this. I didn't think it was as big a deal as they made it out to be. I don't think that he. And, you know, he should be upset. He lost the Super Bowl um, in the way that they played. The other thing I wanted to bring up about Cam Newton is the the thing that really bothers me about Cam Newton is not what he said or anything like that, but jumping out of the way of that fumble. Yeah, I – so I've been listening. I've been ringing a lot of things, and some people are like, well, it's, 
it's a thing where, you know, maybe he didn't see, he thought maybe the football was going to squirt out there or it was going to take a different angle if he tried to jump on it or if it, you know, but it's a Super Bowl, man. I, I don't care if that fumble comes out and then the first minute or the last minute of the game, you dive on that. You know what I mean? You're in there to be a team player and to do it. I understand that in practice if a fumble happens quarterback is you know he's not don't don't jump on it it's practice you know don't worry about it it'd it'd be all right but in the game you got to take those risks and i understand that you like there are risks obviously you jump on it you land on the back of an alignment's legs or something but at that point in the game when you need absolutely everything that you can get that's just not a time you can risk it and i don't think any other quarterback would not have dove on it or at least made the effort because he walked up to it or kind of like went towards it and then just backed up. Like, what are you doing, man? You could have had it before anyone else even got to it. And I just, that was a little disappointing because I thought he was a little better than that. And that goes back to the thing where like, does did he realize that he wasn't on the practice field during that game? Like he not wearing a red jersey? That's what, that's what for me that, that moment to me, and this is a complete speculation, you know, I, I don't know. I don't hang out with uh, Cam Newton on the weekends, unfortunately. <laughs> Me and him aren't, aren't boys, so I don't know. Uh, but this is speculation on my part. Is I see that the kind of competitor that he is, the kind of uh, guy that he is, and I think it was just a complete mental slip-up. I think it was just just a complete mental slip-up that he wasn't trying to you know, stay out of the way to, to save himself or to not get injured. Or you know, He's a guy that likes to play aggressively. I don't... I think it was just, uh, uh, you know, like a brain fart, for lack of a better term. And- uh, see, here's my thing with that is, had they been up, let's say they scored a touchdown, and or let's say they score, and it's 17-16, and then they're driving, and then that happens, I almost guarantee you 100% that Cam Newton jumps on that ball faster than anything you've ever seen. I, I think he, at that point, I think he was just emotionally out of the game. Because I think through, you know, the regular season, I think at any point, yeah, you're having fun, you're having a blast, you're winning. But when you start losing, like, I don't know, I think it sets a little bit of bad example. And I'm not saying either or that he did it on purpose or what. I mean, there's, like you said, there's a lot of factors. It could have been a lot of things. But I think had the situation been different, I think he would have been on that ball. Yeah, I, I, I get you. I get that, too. Um <clears throat> I don't know. I just think it was kind of a mental slip. He's a competitor. He's a guy that grinds. Uh, so I, I don't think that, uh, you know, that that's, uh, I, I don't know. I just it's, it's hard for me to believe that Cam Newton would just be like, ah, oh, well, you know, that's that's not what I want to do. You know, I don't want to go after the ball. I don't want to get hurt. But we got a text, and actually we got one from Rich already, and hits uh, Peter, and it says, it's funny how it doesn't blow up about the how it's funny how the media doesn't blow up about the lack of answers from Michigan officials about water and Flint and the QB walks out of a press conference and people freak out <laughs> so stupid uh, Peter it's definitely sure but if uh, America not having their priorities straight it is a theme I mean this is let me doing. all right so let me ask you something all right so with the press conference let's say Cam Newton comes out because they get, what, the, like, 15 minutes or something. Let's say he switches up, comes out in his suit, right? Comes out, stands up, stands up tall, head held high, and then he eventually gets to that same exact point and just kind of says, all right, I'm done, and walks off the stage. Is it a completely different story now? 
you know what? I don't know. I I think it would be handled a little different, but I still think that they want to make you know the, the, this media just wants to make something out of nothing. And I, I I still think, and we talked about this about the whole thing. I still think his race plays a huge part in this. I think if if Cam Newton comes out as a white guy and walks out of the interview, then people are like more understanding of it. I mean, I think that it still plays a huge issue in this. Uh, his race does. I mean, it shouldn't. You know, I don't want it to, but it does. Uh, See, now I, I I agree with that, and no, I, I I completely agree that race should have nothing to do with it because Cam Newton is a fantastic young quarterback who is going to continue to get better and better, and he's going to get at least one ring. They're going to make it back, and he's going to get him one. But I don't know. Like I can the race side, yeah, no, it shouldn't be there at all. But at the same time, like uh, he proves all them guys not necessarily proves them right, but he puts the idea in their in their head that he is who they thought they were. He is who they thought he was. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that I mean that's true. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And, and he. Man, he's such a good role model. Um, 99.9% of the time, with all the stuff that he does off the field, the giving all the balls to the kids, the you know, he makes it look fun. He smiles every time, and then and it's it's like this, and people seem to forget that the whole season long, he's been you know giving balls to the kids, feeding people on Thanksgiving, uh, you know, doing all the stuff that Kevin Newton does. It, it, they just boil him down to that one moment too it's like you forget that you know you forget the the entire season where cam newton was all you know on and off the field spectacular and he did have a bad game in this but he played you know one of the best defenses we've seen in a long time and um and then had a bad interview and i, I don't him walking out of the interview didn't bother me at all like it's i said it before but it doesn't it doesn't bother me it, it's he should feel that way. You know, if I'm a Tennessee Titans fan, if Tennessee, you know, plays a game next season, like say we make it to the playoffs in the first round of playoffs and we lose bad, and, and Marcus Mariota comes out and he's all smiles and, and chipper and stuff, that, I'm, that would make me mad. That would make me upset. I would be like, what's, what's going on? Why isn't he upset about this? You know, why doesn't this bother him? Um,. But, it, you know, he comes out and he walks out of the interview. I'd be like, that's a guy that's upset. You know, we're going to win. The, I'd think then, like, we're going to win the next one. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with that completely. I, I would not ever expect someone to come. Uh, yeah, if someone came out there with smiles, there's something wrong, and they probably shouldn't be on the field. They're, at that point, they're probably only just there for the money. But at the same time, you are a professional football player. These are the obligations that come with being in the business and being paid to do what you love to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Um, we're going to move on here to, I think, I, I'm going to speak for you here, uh, Amos, and say that it is both of ours favorite character in all of sports, and that's Johnny Manziel. Uh, this guy just is just a fountain of awesome. <laughs> he's just Every week there's new stories. It's just, it's just, he's just all the time, new stories of him being an idiot. Um and we have the latest and probably, you know, biggest story uh, of him being an idiot. Um, and if anybody hadn't heard the story yet, uh, Johnny Manziel's under criminal investigation for alleged assault that took place on January 30th. Uh, his ex-girlfriend, Colleen Crowley, is the uh, the victim in this. Uh, what I guess happened, this is exactly what happened in her words, uh... 
you know, from uh, from what she said is she was dragged down the stairs of the back stairs to exit the hotel. As they passed the valet, she told the valet in her own words, um, "This is a quote. Please don't let him. Uh, please don't let him take me. I'm scared for my life." Uh, then she was put in the in the car against her will, and then he started to back up. She took off running. Uh, jumped out of the car, took off running, and hid in the bushes. He flipped the car around, U-turned, drove back, grabbed her, and pulled her by the hair, threw her back in the car, uh, and then hit her with an open hand across her left side of her face, hitting her in the ear. Um, and her exact quote after you know being hit was, uh, "I realized immediately that I could not hear out of uh, that out of that ear, uh, and cannot today." And she said that on February 3rd, which would have been four days after the event, um, now she has filed uh, a protection order, basically like a restraining order, and he has to stay away from her for two years, um, and and it passed, so he will have to stay away from her, uh, you know, for the two full, um, two full years, and and he's under investigation with the Dallas police. Uh, for what happened, uh, and you know, I don't want to. You know, so many times and, and stuff like this, the immediate reaction is that he's guilty. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that he is guilty. You know, there's, you never know exactly what happened. But if one part uh, of what uh, Miss Crowley said is true, um, that's immediately damning uh, to Johnny Manziel, and then it's no longer all oh, like. You know the kid that you know he parties too much or anything. Then it's no, he has like serious problems. Uh, you know, and you know the abuse thing, which has been a huge problem in the NFL. Um, domestic violence has in the last like two years, but it's. Uh, I mean, I think immediately makes him untouchable. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll start off by saying, for number one, if you ever put a hand up to a woman intent to physically or even emotionally verbally harm her abuse her is simply you're a coward i mean that's really what it comes down to exactly and so my second part of this is sounds like uh, yeah i'm not gonna say he's guilty not guilty but man this sounds like uh this sounds like if it happened like why would you wait so long to report it and it, God, it just reminds me of like, all right, so this happens, please come. And basically my assumption at this point would be the family steps in like, Hey, all right, listen, if you keep this quiet, you know, we'll make sure you get in take, we'll make sure you get taken care of. And, you know, we can all kind of put this behind us and move forward and you won't ever see him again. And uh, maybe something went wrong there. Maybe that didn't happen, but it, as far as the restraining order too, like, at the position Johnny Manziel's in right now, like turning into Robert Downey Jr. 20 years ago, I don't think it affects him. I think he could care less. I, I that, like I don't think he has any intention to ever see her again. I think, you know, he's that kind of kid. There's always going to be someone there that will flock to him no matter what kind of issues he has. As far as the NFL, yeah, no. Nobody's going to touch him after this. If they do, it'll be years down, and by that point, once again, He'd have been out of football for so long, nobody's even going to touch him. But now, I, I just oh, – go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think he's getting to that point, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. 
you know, with with this, all the stuff that's happened, this, and there's and there's more to it as well. Uh, you know, a, a new story as well, another uh, story that we're going to touch on in a second. I guess I can bring it up right now, real quick. There's a story that um, Cleveland Brown story, yeah, yeah, that Cleveland lied about him having a concussion to cover up a hangover. The source, an unnamed source, but they said in a in a very uh, in, a, in a role with their front office, uh, had contact with him with the day of, uh, and said that he wasn't drunk, uh, but he was hungover on something, was their words, and that it was more, it wasn't just like a concussion, it, that, he, that he was messed up. Um, you know, the team's refuting it, saying that it was a concussion and whatnot. Then, uh, he was scheduled to, um... You know, to go, he was immediately put into concussion protocol, um, and they said that he was deemed that he was concussed by a, an outside um, neurologist, uh, not one affiliated with the team. So then he was supposed to come back on January third uh, to go through um, an assessment for the concussion protocol, but didn't make it and was spotted in Las Vegas partying, um, and then made it back on the twelfth when he was. January 12th when he was cleared from the concussion protocol they said that you know he was experiencing nausea uh, headaches and dizziness which to be fair is a symptom of being hungover and a symptom of being concussed anybody who's had a concussion or hangover can tell you that all those uh, can definitely happen with both um and you know I don't know what to say about this that uh, you know what it looks like or, or what it is uh him if it was a concussion and let's say that it 100% was a concussion. He was out partying the next week. I mean, that's definitely... You don't drink on a concussion. You know, that's uh, that's obvious. It's something that they tell you for sure. And he knew better than that still. So, the, adding this to it, is Johnny Manziel getting to the point where he's going to enter that, that Ray Rice field where he'll be eligible, uh, but no one's going to want to touch him? Yeah, and... I don't want this to come off wrong. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't want this to come off wrong, but Ray Rice may even be way more touchable than Manziel at this point. And as far as like <clears throat> the concussion goes, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, like why wouldn't you just be like, all right, we're holding him out for like an undisclosed illness? I think the thing that will get the Browns in trouble is putting it as a concussion. If it wasn't with the way the like how serious the league is now, you know, taking the concussion protocol and the whole the CTE and stuff like that, I think that could probably what damages them, them the most but as far as Manziel goes I don't think it's a concussion because like you said he's out there drinking in Las Vegas and knowing how Johnny Manziel is now I don't think he would do anything to hurt his like uh his ability to go out and party like I don't think he would do it if he had a concussion no I, I agree I think that it is something it's it's obvious to me I won't say that I shouldn't say that it's it's becoming clear that he has a problem you know, if you're drinking when you have a concussion, or you know, missing the practices, showing up hungover, stuff like that, that's unacceptable. That shows that you have a problem. Uh, you know, it's it's no longer just like I'm having fun, drinking a beer. Uh, you know, it's you know you you have an issue. Um, you, you know, a problem with alcohol. And and to your point that you said a minute ago is exactly what I was going to say to this. Uh, again, you're stealing my lines. Getting payback for last night. <laughs> uh, I think that Ray Rice should be more touchable than Johnny Manziel at this point for one reason is Ray Rice is very sorry and very apologetic about what he did and has taken the right steps 
um, to demonstrate that. You know, going out and helping uh, with the like Dove Center and giving up time and money, um, helping out with uh, you know battered women's shelters and and the likes of. Uh, and he's apologized, and and he's sorry. You can tell that he's is genuinely sorry for what for his actions. Uh, with with Johnny Manziel, there's no remorse, and it doesn't look like he's gonna stop. Uh, so I think that's definitely a giant difference between the two. Um, also, you know, I know that what Ray Rice did was, you know, it was obviously a terrible uh, uh, what happened, uh, and especially having it on video, I think um, definitely made it even worse for his situation. Uh, but it was an isolated incident. You know, this he's never gotten in trouble for it, like anything else in his entire career, where Johnny Menzel's in trouble for something new every week, it seems like, or there's some news story. Uh, so I completely agree with you there that that if I'm a general manager and I had to choose between the two, there's no question I'm taking Ray Rice. Plus, he's a more talented football player. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And the one thing I'll say about Manziel too is I apparently like uh, his parents try to get him into rehab a couple times, and once he refused to go, and I guess like the second time he just left, and I guess it's been pretty, I guess somewhat recent. And the, my thing is, my thing is like no one loves you more than your family, and if you won't even let your family help you, you're probably not going to let anyone else help you. So I don't like he needs help. I just don't know if he's going to accept it until it's too late, and he realizes like, hey, I you know I've thrown everything away. That's what. Uh, shout out to Peter. I'm going to steal his line here. We, me and him were talking about Johnny Manziel earlier. Uh, I think that he put it uh, put it the best way that I think I've heard it. It's Ryan Leaf 2.0. That, that's what Johnny Manziel is. The new and improved Ryan Leaf. You know, he can drink more. He can snort faster. <laughs> you know, yeah. he is, he is, he's just a complete, uh, you know, just a walking news story. And you don't want that in your locker room. Uh, I think he's really hurting his chances of finding a new team. Yeah, I... At this point, unless he makes just a drastic, drastic turnaround, I I don't see Manziel coming back into the league unless there is a team that's willing to basically tell him, hey, if you do all of this, you will be our starter. And I don't think that there's a team willing to do that. He hasn't proved anything. Yeah, great point there too. Uh, Peter messaged us in again, and he said on that point uh, why it took time for a report. Uh is it possibly could have been her him threatening to kill her, kill himself? Might have been afraid for her well-being, and she even said um, in the article that I read that she said her exact quote was something to the effect of "I'm extremely concerned for uh, my health and well-being." I think was her exact words. Uh, but he continues. Sometimes the abused feel like they are helpless. Thanks for shining a light on domestic violence. Yeah, um, I see. To me, the the only thing that makes me like especially fishy is that exact line that she said. Like, who says that? Yeah, nobody I, says that. But I mean, I can understand if maybe like that's what was pulled out of it. Like that's what was deciphered in it. But if that was her exact lines, that's 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 a little weird. I I just realized that we forgot to mention is that um, you know her her attorney uh, Crowley's attorney Kathy Kinzer told. The Dallas Fort Worth NBC Five station um, that the hit that she took when when he slapped her open handed uh, or hit her open handed 
when she got back in the car, uh, ruptured her eardrum, according to her attorney. Uh, and they said that they do expect it to heal, but it's going to take a while. And that's what she said that she couldn't hear. But ruptured her left eardrum. Uh, you know, I've I've been slapped a few times in my life. Uh, I just I can't imagine how much force that would take to rupture someone's eardrum from a slap. I mean, it, yeah, I I've had. I mean, obviously you've been there too. You just uh, led to it, but I've had my head smashed against some things, and I have never ruptured my ear. So the amount of force that he would have to hit her with, especially against a car window. Like I'm not obviously I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I'm, I'm with the way he's going. I would almost put 99.9 percent that it did. But Jesus, man, what'd you do? Like just stand her up there and right finkle her? <laughs> well, that's the uh, that's the thing too. Is that really makes it you know kind of ring true to me? Is if you have a ruptured eardrum, that's real easy to prove medically. You know, you either have one or you don't. Yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't say that you had it unless you could prove that you had it. Uh, which makes this ring true to me, and make, it makes me think that it, you know there is a lot of truth to it. Um, it is because of that, you know, that they didn't, uh, they that they uh, she came out and her attorney came out and said that today. It just with and he had the previous incidents with her where he you know he hit her like you mentioned he hit her with against the the passenger side window, pushed her into the passenger side window or whatever, and then this case. So it's he's kind of showing a pattern of this abusive, uh, this abusive pattern with her, where he he has been physical with his now ex girlfriend, um, you know. And that's now this is the second report that came out. You know, it's starting to feel like this is, you know, that makes it almost the only look more real and more truthful. Yeah, I I just. I don't even know what's more else to say on the guy. Like, in a way, I feel bad because obviously, at every level except professional level, he's always been the guy. He's always been, you know, the best athlete on the field, the best player on the field. At you know every level except for professionally, and I, it's so like it's sad to see someone fall like that because it's not like he wasn't talented. The kid had a lot of talent. No, he probably wasn't going to ever be a top-tier NFL quarterback, but if he was willing to switch positions, he may have made, like, a decent slot receiver or something. But just to throw away your career because you're sad that you didn't get to start for the Cleveland Browns, are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's they're completely not okay. Uh, if any of this is true, any part of it is true, um, definitely not okay. Uh, you know, you definitely... Uh, I'm, I speak for both of us when I say that I hope that she's doing okay, uh, that she heals fine from you know her eardrum and everything, and that all heals fine. And and um, you know hope that Johnny Manziel can get some help. You know get out of the situation that he's in, uh, get some help. But moving on to the next one, um, probably our second favorite idiot in the news lately uh, is Blake Griffin, who I think everybody knows uh, attacked. You know, one of the um, train or one of the team members on the or not one of the uh, what are they the ball boys on his team? What are they called? Equipment trainer. Sorry. Yeah. On a I was trying to think guy. of it too. I was like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah, I lost myself there. Sorry about that. Uh, I guess I need another one of these lining kugels. But he lost uh, lost his temper and and punch broke his hand on the face of one of the equipment guys on the team. Uh, came out of doubt today that he is going to be suspended for four games 
um, without pay, and he will lose pay for a fifth game um, for that. All in all, he'll lose about $859,442, and that's only, I mean, that's just a tiny fraction of his uh, nearly $19 million salary for this season. $18.9 million is what he'll get this season. So, you know, it's it's like a less than a 20th of what he will receive um, for the season. Uh, he's going to end up losing uh, for his actions in this and what he did. Um, I want to ask you first, we all know what happened. You know, punched and broke his hand, still expected to be out four to six weeks. Uh... Do you think that this punishment is too light, too harsh, or, or just about right? Oh, uh, I think it's way, way too light. I think this is a thing that goes, all right, all right, listen, we need him back, especially for the playoffs. And when he gets back, the hand still may not be that healthy. So we'll set a date for him to get back, and then we'll suspend him without pay, which he can probably make that money back in the playoffs. Or, you know, if he has so, whatever, so many minutes in the playoffs or if they go so far. So let's make it look as good as we can without actually affecting our team in any way. Yeah, that's, yeah I, I completely agree with what you just said. Um, this is, you know, he's going to spend some time off the court anyways to, to get rehab, to get his hand back where it needs to be. Uh, well, he's been off forever too. Like, what's another five games? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly, uh, and it, it just, I don't know, this was kind of, he's not that bad of a guy, he has gotten suspensions in the past, uh, this was definitely, I think, the biggest thing he's done, it kind of like blew your hair back a little bit, um, it, it, it's just, it's unacceptable, I completely agree, I think it's too light, I think he should get more than this, uh, you know, for physically out lashing out and attacking someone, Affiliated with the team, someone that is, you know, when we talked about this when the story came out, that is his basically subordinate, um, lashing out an attack, not only subordinate, but like the fact that the size difference is unreal. I believe you said that the guy was five nine. Yeah, Blake, that's a, that's a foot that Blake Griffin has on him, a, like a foot of height on this guy, and God knows how many pounds. Uh, you know, it just completely unfair fight. He even said that it was somebody that he cared about in his apology. I don't know. It, this was uh, not surprising. I don't think. I, I mean, it is almost at the point where it's shockingly low. Um, almost. I would have given him more than this for sure. I, I think that the, this is not enough for his actions. Yeah, I. It does. It just. I, it's way too light. It needs to be heavy. Way much more heavier. And it kind of surprised me that. This one's one that the NBA slipped by, but then, like, maybe not. And I just, yeah, it should be way heavier because you hit an equipment manager in the face over God knows what, and apparently it wasn't that offensive because I'm pretty sure the equipment manager didn't come out and apologize to anybody or Blake. And 800 was, what'd you say, like 892,000 is what he's losing? Yeah, yeah, so it was 859,000. Yeah, so my thing is, Okay, suspend him for five games, but then make him lose five or six million if you really want to punish him. That's making him lose less than a million dollars isn't punishing him. It's a slap on the wrist and a hey, you don't do that. Yeah, it's I mean with that much money that he makes in a season, how much money he's banking, you know, with all the endorsements and you know, the off the court kind of stuff stuff, 
and how much he's just, you know, he has this setting in a bank somewhere or, you know, um, gaining interest or, you know, that he's investing. Uh, I mean, that's nothing. That's nothing to Blake Griffin. The one thing that I did like, one bright uh, silver lining that came out of this, I guess you could say, is that the Clippers are going to donate um, his salary for those five games to charities to help disadvantaged youths within Los Angeles, which I thought... what a brilliant PR move. You know what I mean? (laughs) It is, it is, because as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, immediately you're like... Blake Griffin's still the bad guy, but you're like, well, the Clippers are a good or good good organization. It is a brilliant PR move, but I thought it was good. You know, even if it is just for PR, yeah, still, no, that money still helps Great just calls. as much. Just as much, uh, you know, doesn't change uh, the fact that you're doing it just to help yourself. It still helps all those kids, uh, which I really like that. Um, do you have anything more to say about this before we move on to the next story here? No, I mean, the only thing I'll say is, like, 2015 didn't seem like a very, very terrible year of sports as far as players, you know, getting in trouble and everything else, and 2016 is just not starting off good. Yeah, I I can agree with that there. Uh, It it has kind of been a a little strange, Um, and Johnny Menzel and Blake Griffin definitely... uh, Definitely adding to that public enemy number one and two right now in the sports world, it seems like. We're going to move on to George Carl here. Uh, this story kind of shocked me. I know that it shocked a lot of people out there. Um, George Carl, of course, the head coach of the head coach of the Kings, um, was the rumor was that he was supposed to be fired. And ESPN broke the story that he was going to be fired. Um, from Sacramento, uh, and then, you know, it came out today that that he had the meeting with the general manager, everything went smooth, and that he's not getting fired, uh, anymore, and, and, you know, that they're gonna keep him on, um, this shocked a lot of people, What, what did you have to think about this? This is a very confusing one for me, because I also read somewhere that, like, Yes, George Carl was considering, like, basically resigning from the position. And it makes me wonder, because George Carl has, I mean, he's, he, I don't, I've listened to him on, you know, ESPN and stuff like that. And he seems like a very, very good guy. He seems like a very good coach, knows the game of basketball very, very well. So it's, it's not, they're not a very good team. They got a lot, a lot of work to do. And, you know, I'm glad maybe he didn't get fired because I, it seems like if maybe he gets fired, then there's just, a, there's just a run on you know people getting fired for their coaching jobs and then you have a lot of mid-season interchanging and stuff and i don't know it's just maybe they kind of got together and was like all right listen we're not, we won't fire you you don't resign but if you want out after this year we'll let you out and we'll move on you move on yeah this one it did shock me that they decided to keep him on here um the rumor though i'll be honest the rumor for him about to lose his job, though, it kind of uh, shocked me when it came out. They definitely, I mean, they had a good season last year. They came out last season. Uh, they went, what was it, sixty and two or sixteen twenty two? I believe was the number. Uh, and you know, we're the first. I mean, sorry, I'm thinking of the Hawks here. Sorry, uh, there are thirty three and fifty. Uh, as is the entire time with sorry I was on a different page there on a different thing. 
33 and 50 so far as a head coach with the Kings. And I do like George Carl. I, I like the, what he's been able to do. They said that they sat down um, with a general manager, uh, Vlade uh, Divac. I'm probably saying that wrong. Sorry if I am. <laughs> uh, but he had a lunch in Philadelphia today. They sat down and they talked. Says it was roughly five minute conversation that they would work together uh, and and then change the defense. He's not going to run the same defense anymore, which is something that they kind of bumped heads about in the past. Uh, and they said they will remain the coach. As of right now, the twenty three and thirty one, uh, they've lost four straight games and eight out of the last nine. You know, this team is definitely hurting right now. I think a lot of people expect this, especially because Cousins is there. Um, and, there, I mean, I don't think there's any secret at all that him and Cousins have been button heads. Yeah. Uh, you know, that relationship has not been good. Um, so it's going to be interesting because I think Cousins is, has shown that he is kind of that elite level of the NBA, but he, they need to start winning games. This is not a God, Didn't he drop that, like 50-plus points not too long ago, like yeah, within a week ago yeah, or something? Exactly. And this is a guy that – they this team has got the talent. Uh, they should be doing better than they are in my opinion. I think they should at least with the talent that they have. It makes you wonder too if it came down to another thing to where maybe they kind of looked at the other coaches on the staff and kind of, you know – like, is there really anybody who's going to take over and be able to manage through and even maybe give this team a spark? Yeah, that's the, the other thing. Who was out there, you know? Uh, I mean, I guess you could go get David Blatt. <laughs> you know, he's free right now. Um, you don't have to worry about LeBron firing him out there in Sacramento. Uh, but really, I mean, who's going to come in that's going to provide that spark? Is it really going to change anything um, to keep him in the end of the season? And George Carl's proven himself. I mean, he is a good coach. Um, you know he hadn't done well in Sacramento, but he's had a great career as a, as a head coach, and I don't, I don't think that I think people should uh, keep that in mind that he is, uh, you know, he's good at his job. Um, we got a text in here, uh, from a seven four zero number, and uh, it says I'm cool with him saying that. Really builds up the whole underdog vibe. I'm not exactly sure what they're talking about here. Yeah, uh, if you could if you could text back in and perhaps be a little more clear, yeah, you could figure yeah, that one out. Hey, we're all about underdogs. We're all about that. Yeah, I'm really about. <laughs> I'm, I agree. I really love that he built up the whole underdog vibe. Texter, if you want to message us back and, and let us know exactly who you're talking about, um, I guess maybe uh, Cam Newton. I don't, I don't know what he exactly he's talking about. Uh, Text us back in and let us know what you're talking about if you're out there. Uh, we'd love to understand and decipher what you're trying to say here. We're heading into the last uh, couple minutes here in the show, and I decided to do a new thing. Since we don't get to, to cover enough um, in this, I wanted to run down uh, some of the biggest stories tonight and a speed round. And uh, Amos... Has no idea what's on the speed round. Hasn't gotten to prepare for it. So this is all going to come as a shock to him. The speed round, I'm going to bring up a story, tell you a little bit about it, and then ask you a question about it uh, and knock out a lot of these stories so we can talk about a little, a bit about, a, uh, a little bit about them and we can uh, also get you know an interesting take on it. So first one here in the speed round. Michigan football is going to be practicing during their spring break in Brandonton, Florida. Uh, 
the trip that Harbaugh goes down there, they're going to practice, uh, I believe it is four days down there, while they're down there, across spring break. Now, that they've come out, and the SEC uh, commissioner came out uh, talking about how the students, um, you know, they need to be given the time off. They don't get enough time off. And uh, they actually did say that a source said that this, um, these trips like these will not be allowed in the future. Uh, but for right now, uh, they are allowed, and they're probably not going to be um, turned down in time um, for this trip because this trip's going to take place in the next month here. Um, do you think that this all boils down to really wanting to help the students, or do you think that the SEC commissioner blew the whistle because Harbaugh goes down there and recruits in SEC territory? Oh, I think it's definitely because Harbaugh recruits in SEC territory because he takes his team down there, they practice, and quite if you're and uh, you know if you're a sophomore, junior, senior in high school, and you're undecided on where you want your future to be, and you are on that like top three, top five hundred list, yeah, you're going to go and watch Michigan practice, and you may even get a word or two in with Harbaugh. Yeah, no, I think it's just the SEC trying to keep their territory. All right, next one on the speed round here. Ryan McDonough, the captain um, for the New York Rangers, suffered a concussion from a punch by Wayne Simmons of the Philadelphia Flyers. If you missed it, uh, you, they kind of bumped into each other. Um, McDonough had two penalties on Simmons earlier in the game, uh, and then he reacted, punching him, knocking him to the ground, giving him a concussion. Well, Simmons was, you know... Um, Ejected from that game, but played in the very next game against the Capitals. Uh, still has yet to be punished. It doesn't look like he will get any kind of suspension or anything. The manager here, or the coach for the Rangers, came out and said, and I quote, an all-star player gets sucker punched, goes down. I wonder if that's Crosby what happens. What are the consequences? Do you agree with what saying? Do you think if it was a guy like Sidney Crosby... Uh, that there would have been a punishment head down, or do you think that he's overreacting here? Uh, I'm actually going to agree with him. I think if it's Sidney Crosby, I think it's just like, you know, the NFL with higher-profile quarterbacks. I, <clears throat> Yeah, I think if it's Crosby, I think there's probably an immediate suspension. All right, all right. Uh, moving on to the next thing here, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, are, there's reports that they're going to try to, you know, with a blow up the roster and and try to start from scratch here, try to get some new players um, in this system and change the face here. There's rumors about Al Horford, Jeff Teague, and Kyle Korver, all of their stars, and all three were all stars last season, um, getting traded or moved before the trade deadline. Now this team won 60 games last season. Are currently setting. They were 60 and 22 last season. They're currently setting at 30. And 24 in fifth place to the in the Eastern Conference, uh, so still a playoff team right on the edge there of a playoff team. Do you think that this is a good idea for Atlanta? Or do you think that uh, they're acting too hastily? I do think they're acting too hastily because I think the only way you trade away all them players who have helped you know made your team be successful the last couple of years is if you're know that you're going to basically have almost guaranteed getting Luke Walton in there to build you from the ground up. Good answer there. All right, moving on to the next one. Back to hockey here. Yammer Yager, who, you know, the ageless wonder Yammer Yager down there in Florida, 
uh, evidently has found the fountain of youth. He was 43, turning 44 in just six days on February 15th. Uh, they asked him about Peyton Manning, and he said that Peyton Manning should not retire, uh, not to listen to the media and the people around him. Uh, and they asked him about retiring after you win a championship, and he said, why in the world would you want to do that when your team's good enough to win a championship? They're good enough to win two championships, or at least take a run at it. Uh, do you think that Yammer Yager is uh, is crazy for saying this, or do you think that uh, you know the the man has a point? I, I I think he's a little crazy because now if Peyton wants to put in the time and the effort and the work and everything, if he wants to play, yeah, absolutely, Peyton, go out there and play. Make your ending. Just because we, I mean, as fans, we all love the riding off into the sunset story. But if he doesn't, if that's not what the story he wants, then yeah, he should play. But it's not going to be in Denver, and I don't think Peyton's going to go to a bottom seven or eight team. Yeah, another great point there. It's something that we've talked about in the past about him uh, not you know if he does come back not being a bronco <clears throat> villanova became the number one seed they're actually playing right now and uh, putting a beating on dupaul 56 to 50 or 56 to 32 with 14 minutes left in that uh but they become the number one uh number one ranking for the first time in the school's history um and they are the sixth different uh, team to be in the number one ranking this season so far. The record is seven teams in one season, and that was uh, the 1987 season in which you, you or NC State ended up winning with, of course, uh, Jimmy V as their head coach. Do you think, with the time that we have left here, heading into March Madness, which is just around the corner, do you think that we'll see... Uh, them tie another team jump up above Villanova to tie uh, the record or and follow up question do you think that there's a possibility that they get to eight this season and break the record I think that the record and eight would not surprise me one bit with the way the season's been going I mean top three teams seem to be dropping like flies every other week all right, we'll see if it happens here. It's it's interesting. Maryland, uh, who's number two tonight, crushed uh, Bowie State, ninety three to sixty two. They could be moving up here. We're gonna stay in the world of college uh, basketball here tonight. We had a big, big twelve matchup. Number ten WVU and number six Kansas. Uh, these guys played earlier in the season, in which um, West Virginia won at home, uh, stunning the the number two team I believe they were at the time um, no no the number one team excuse me they were at the time uh, and then they ended up losing a couple straight leading F they played tonight Kansas ends up winning 75 to 65 over WVU the, is this a sign of great things to come from Kansas or are they back are they for real now no I don't uh, last couple years I mean Kansas obviously when they're having their dominant years I think as fans and even, you know, analysts out there, you look and say, okay, yeah, no, Kansas is for real. From what I've seen out this year, I I don't think they're going to make it far in the tournament. All right. Uh, Bold words there. Uh, And one last one here before we go into, like, the final announcements that we have to say. Uh, The question on everybody's mind this year, uh, Golden State playing later tonight against Houston at 10:30 Eastern Time, they're 46 and four. They're getting close now to that dangerous. Uh, do you think that they break the record this year, set by the 95-96 uh, Bulls? 
Uh, I do. I, re- <clears throat> I really, really do because they, God, they can just step it up on both sides of the ball when they have to. And I, I think it would take really be something drastic for them to drop six more. They're obviously a very real possibility, but I just don't think it happens. I think they beat the record. All right. Handled yourself well there, Amos, in the you, first sir. ever speed round. <laughs> Killing it. Uh, we have a lot of announcements to, to get through. I promised you a big one earlier. Uh, that's the first one that we're going to do here. Uh, big news for Thursday night. Uh, you definitely need to be tuning in. Um, Thursday night, we are going to have uh, Steve Cunningham, a professional boxer on the show. He's a two-time IBF cruiserweight champion, um, a U.S. Uh, Navy veteran. A really interesting guy. Really got a lot of great stories. Can't wait to hear all of them. Uh, we're going to interview him on Thursday night. Be sure to tune in for that. Uh, you know, it's not all the time you get to talk to a champ. I'm very excited for that. I know you're excited too, Amos. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I'm pumped about it. No, yeah, exactly. It's just all the all the stories. So many questions. Good questions to ask this guy. He's definitely had a, an interesting life. Uh, if you don't, I'm not familiar with him. Definitely look him up, Steve Cunningham. He's uh, you know, he's that definitely has an interesting story, both inside and outside of the ring. So very excited to have him on the show on Thursday night. Of course, we're going to be on tomorrow night. We're going to have the um, the game show, far par for discourse game show. Uh, we have that for you. You know, we're going to have the special guests and everything. See if Amos finally loses this time. <laughs> uh, as he's still undefeated at this point. So we love to hear. I love to. Have you guys in for tomorrow? Love to see uh, Amos lose. At this point, I'd like to see you lose because I've already lost one. Uh, <laughs> Not gonna. I'm going ten and zero before I lose. Ten and zero. He's calling it here. All right, we'll see if that happens or not. Tomorrow night we got that show. Of course, Friday night, as always, we have the um, Friday free for all with uh, um, Peter and Rich. We'll be doing that. I'm not sure what their movie for this week is. Uh, but of course they'll be on on Friday, um, and we're, we're still working on some stuff. We're trying to get you know we got the text line up. We should have a call in line here soon, so we can get back to having call ins. Uh, working on a lot of different things, so a lot of changes to come definitely in the future. Hopefully, uh, you know, still bringing the audience. Uh, love to hear from you guys. Thanks for everybody who texted in tonight, even our confusing texter. Uh, be sure. Uh, to be with us tomorrow night for the game show, Thursday night uh, for the interview with Cunningham, uh, you know, two-time world champion. Uh, and then, of course, Friday with, with Rich and Peter. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll Absolutely. see you. Uh, see you tomorrow night. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Free Parking Show. To hear the boys live, tune in every weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern. 